Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Jesus' Girlfriend. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode one of three. Okay, so what would you do to get the girl of your dreams? We men know all the tricks to play, all of the traps to lay, what to say, ask, do, how to deceive, offer more than what is currently available, empty promises, from flowers to candy to a fine wine, an awesome, exquisitely prepared dinner at the finest restaurant, and for some, this check in the box at midnight, as it was for me. For others, it's a ride in a fast, cool VW, or lesser car such as a Ford Mustang or Chevy Camaro. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't dare to leave out the man who offers a ride in a specially made-to-order supercar. But you see, the trap is laid for women of every station in life, from the sparrow to the eagle. So if you're not thinking that I am being a bit too harsh on us men, just think about what you did to get your wife that wasn't on the straight and straight. Some men are so desperately to catch a filly that they resort to drugs and are high volumes of alcohol to ensnaring the unsuspecting. Others just take what isn't theirs to take. Lying, trickery, tomfoolery, and every manner of deception. Okay, so if this is not you, and of course you were on the straight and narrow, so what did you do to get your second wife, your third? Now I should let some of you off the hook. At least all women go and hide on the moon. Some men did, right? That is, they didn't sleep around lying to themselves that they needed practice before getting married, which, by the way, is one of the biggest lies widely accepted for its false sense of freedom that we think it allows for us to behave like dogs, both women and men. Now, if you're not saved, you have either tuned out or ready to face the truth, which is we could all have done better, and that perhaps you have said some things more crooked than a crooked path, or done things to lure your wife into your direction that may not have been appropriate. Now, if this is not you, please pray for the rest of us men. So I lay such a foundation because if this is or was you, I want you to see how your tactics and strategies differ from the Lord's, and how we may view being his bride in a sorts of error because of our own relational experiences. The awesomeness as to what is happening to us right this very moment is more fun than the bubble wrapping popping at midnight. Just kidding, I would never do it at midnight. But so check this out. I have laid out something rather magical in that all scripture is magical and mysterious. I hope and pray that this message leaves my heart and gets on the following pages just as I saw it. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So Jesus is known for saying more than one thing in a single statement. And so as I was chatting with my sister about him, we somehow got into the subject of seeds. It's everywhere in the Bible and is used practically and metaphorically. DCOM defines the M word as such, in a way that constitutes a metaphor, a figure of speech that refers to one thing in terms of another, suggesting a resemblance between the two. The native Romani word, Dracolin, whose literal meaning is grapevine, is often used metaphorically to mean the internet. Figuratively speaking, not literally, we are metaphorically on top of the world over his success and look forward to his return. 
as a symbol or emblem representing something else. In various biblical contexts, salt is used metaphorically to signify permanence, loyalty, value, and purification. So seeds are discussed in terms of planting and harvesting, fruit, reaping a harvest, bearing children, the word of God, the seed of God, the seed of Satan. All things that exist come from a seed. They are planted, created, spoken, and understood as a perpetuation of life. But so now we know a seed must be dead, that is to say, by all appearances, useless to the outside onlooker, before it can go into the next level, which is to germinate, then to sprout, and then to stretch out to touch the sun. Is this not the same image of the cross event? What? You mean Jesus was a giant human seed? I have seen the movie, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Wow, we are in for a surprise if this... No, 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 it's not a movie event. But yes, in order for Jesus to get his girlfriend that he had asked the Father for, and then after meeting specific criteria, he would marry, he had to become a dead seed. I have previously told you that his death was for more than sin. Sin is not enough to die for. Killing sin and returning to heaven empty-handed makes no sense for a multiplying God. You see, he didn't just rescue us from sin, but asked us out to dine with him at the Last Supper in John 13. He wasn't just washing the feet of a bunch of skinny men, but he was washing the feet of his bride, not in totality, but metaphorically. Now Jesus had set apart a wonderful wedding ceremony for us when we see him again. But we can also see it now, as the best wine wasn't at the Canaan wedding. And yes, I understand that he was really speaking about him being the best wine. But that's for another time. What I'm trying to say is that Cana is a foretelling of what's to come. You think your boyfriend or husband treats you to that very special bottle of wine once every year? Not to the exclusion of Jesus, but more importantly, he is the best for last. We will drink wine with him at the bride's table. John 2, 1, 4, and 10. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to do, do it. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Three days in the belly of a fish of the earth, in hell, kicking butts and taking names, it was and is the wedding preparation of all time, and he has mentioned it more than once. So now he says, my hour has not come. Hmm, where have we heard this before? Well, in other places in the Bible, as we know, the devil is always trying to get us to do something out of season. But what is important is when we hear the opposite of not yet. Not only does he state that the hour has not come, but that he, the best wine, the blood of the new covenant, will meet us at his table to drink it new. Yes, wine at the first banquet of the Lord. Matthew 26:45. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. 
Matthew 26, 29. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Sorry for the departure, but it is what it is. From here we expect fruit, and fruit of its own kind. Yes, and additionally watering and the soil types are at play here. Ezekiel 17, 8. Many waters. Matthew 13, 1, 23. Sower, seed, and soil types. Let's go to Genesis 1, 11 and 12. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself, on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Stay with me, it's already getting good here. I will refer to the above scripture again. But suffice to say, it outlines how the life of a seed exists. Its kind, seed is, in itself, and on earth, reflects a journey and one of the purposes of Jesus. You see, he didn't just die for your sins. He came to find a girlfriend. John 12:25. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So if you were like me when I first came across this scripture, you drove by it with your eyes in the same manner, as one who stands on the street corner spinning a sign to the point of dizziness. There it is, there it goes. He who hates this life in the world. You can't unless you know of another option. Although some do in fact hate their lives to the point of suicide. And this is tragic, because although they knew there was an option, as God states it so, in Romans 1, 18, 21. Well, that's it for today. I know it's another strange place to leave off, but there's more to come. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.